Hi, Kelly Wirt here with Grace-Based Families. Today's episode is going to be part of a conversation about bringing grace into the workplace. In this series of episodes, we are going to talk to leaders and innovators in the marketplace, hear their stories, and learn how living out a gracious life at work has transformed the culture of their companies, as well as improved their own experiences at work, a place where many of us spend a huge percentage of our lives. Please share this episode with anyone in your life who could use some grace at work. Hey, everybody, it's Tim Kimmel. And this is a Grace-Based Families podcast, and it's usually, um, you usually hear two fabulous women's voices when you come on, Karis and Michelle, and and they, they, they hold court here on this thing, but but we, we took over the studio. Me and my friend Michael took her, we took it over, and we're going to invite some of our own friends in here because we want to talk to you. But we're having a special series here based on grace at work. And this is also the title of a brand new book that Michael and I came out with that is gonna mess with your head and change your whole attitude to uh, what you do when you go into uh, uh, to work and, and make it a whole lot more than making a, uh, bringing home a paycheck. Michael, say hi to everybody. Well, hello to everybody out there. Uh, happy you're joining us today. And uh, to, to maybe set this up a little bit for you, you know, Tim talks a lot about grace. As, as you know, that uh, if you followed Tim, he's been talking about God's grace for about 30 years. And, and there's one facet that he often addresses um, that we've included uh, in Grace at Work, um, but we want to talk about it today with our special guest. And specifically, it's people's misconceptions about grace, because grace has many facets, um, and many people appreciate the warm, welcoming, kind, kind of nice side of grace. But what many people forget is there's a real gritty side. Uh, to, to grace, a truthful, sometimes in-your-face quality about it. It's not a, it's not a soft. It's not mealy mouth. It's not for the faint of heart. Grace is actually a, a really gritty thing, and so uh, this is a. Side and by the way, nobody uh, proved that more than the author of Grace, Jesus Himself. I mean, think about that. it. He, come, he, he comes into the, he comes into Jerusalem, and here's the part of the temple that is set aside for the average layperson to come to, and connect to God, and he sees that the priests have taken it over and turned it into a shakedown thing to get their money and rip them off and block them from being able to worship, and he just had enough of it. And this God of grace went in there and went total Walker, Texas Ranger on them and and dealt with them because because there's a time for this in grace. And, and so we want to talk about that greedy grace, and with, with me and, and Michael Tooker, and Michael... We've invited somebody that I think can really weigh in on this. Tell us about him. Well, his name's Luke Kayyem, and uh, he is a men's high-performance life coach, keynote speaker. Many of you may have heard him, or uh, if you're some of our women's listeners, maybe your husbands have heard him. Uh, he's a founder of the Fathers of the Future movement, and he's got a rabid following of his uh, podcast by the same name, Fathers of the Future. And he also runs a, a crucible program, which is a, a, a two-day experience designed to really get men off the sidelines and, and into the battle. And so uh, we, we really welcome you to uh, the Grace Based Families, Luke. We're so glad to have you on our uh, on our podcast today. So tell our listeners about your role in the company and specifically your role in Fathers of the Future movement. 
Well, first of all, Michael and Tim, that was a great introduction, but the, the better introduction, I don't know if your listeners are going to get a chance to, to hear it, was the prayer that we had prior to this podcast. So I just wanted to say thank you both for not only having me, but for, for setting the stage and, and knowing that this is God's plan. This is bigger than just three men talking yeah. uh, in front of their microphone. So, so thank you both for that introduction and for that pregame prayer. Uh, it's, it's extremely important. And, and we are in football season here in, in Scottsdale, yes. Arizona. And so I've, I've got a few football players uh, out here. And so that's the mindset that, that we have right now in this season. But the idea around grace as it relates to the workplace, I was eager and excited to have this conversation. But then I realized I've never had a job. And so I say that... Uh, <laughs> wholeheartedly in a very positive way, but I've worked for myself since I was 17, 18 years old. And so what I did was a little bit of research uh, and I did my own interview prior to this. So I'm going to give you guys two perspectives mm -hmm. on grace in the workplace. The first one coming from myself as an entrepreneur and somebody who has always had to have grace mm -hmm. for myself. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to get you a sideline interview that I had with a client and a friend of mine who is an employee but is leaving that world in order to do something similar to what I'm doing and joining those forces. So the question, I believe, was about uh, what Fathers of the Future and the movement is. I I've been a coach my entire life by default. Uh, I grew up without a uh, worldly father, and that father never existed. He was not in my life. Uh, he was a ghost or a shadow or a phantom, and I knew he existed, but I never had a positive male role model. And so I kind of grew up uh, in, in, in some challenging times, always self-inflicted, and realized as an adult, as a man who now had kids of my own, as a coach and, and a teacher and a mentor, I needed to do something with this experience that I had in my childhood. Mm -hmm. And that's where the Fathers of the Future movement really came to be. We coach men, we teach them, we train them, we lead them, we show them how to be not only a man, but a leader, and not only a leader in their family or in their community, but a leader in this life. And it's been a real powerful experience for me to, to use some pain or some negative energy and ultimately to help serve and lead others. And so, you know, a lot of people ask me, I don't know if you'll ask me, but I've always been a believer and I, but I just wasn't a very good listener. And, and so, well, get in line on that. one. <laughs> yeah. So I've, I've done a real good job of listening uh, and, and speaking less in the last couple years and really, you know, understanding that the grace that God does have for us, whether it be in the workplace or in our home or in our own life is the most important and valid one. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes we're not listening. Right. And, and, and so let me start with grace for me in my business, being a solopreneur, being an entrepreneur, being a one man army for a big time in my career. You have to have grace for yourself because you'll put in a 15 hour day and think, man, I've done nothing today. Mm -hmm. yeah. So so as an entrepreneur, I've, I've had to really be OK with knowing that I can't get everything done 
I can't answer every email. I can't respond to every text. And so the grace that I have for myself is knowing that I've, I've put my best foot forward. I've done the best that I can today. And I'll use a little bit of life coaching from uh, the old school days. Benjamin Franklin kept a journal. And he was obviously a very important figure in this country, but ultimately in, in humanity. And at night, he would ask himself, what good did I do today? Hmm. And so I take it a little further. And in my world, I'll, I'll ask Christ, uh, what, what good can I do today? to start my day and then what good have i done at night to end my day and and i believe that good and grace are very similar uh understanding that you know we will beat ourselves up more than anybody else right. that negative right. self-talk no doubt about it and not only as a coach do i know that as a human being i know that i have every tool i've read every book i've i've been coached by every person but it wasn't until I realized that, you know, I don't know anything when it comes to the understanding of me. And so mm -hmm. really, that's been my practice the last couple of years is understanding me. I came to a, a graduation point, a finishing point, and I realized that I couldn't do it on my own. And so I needed something bigger than me. And that's truly where my relationship with God and with Christ really magnified was knowing that I couldn't do this on my own. Mm -hmm. Well, mm -hmm. and I, I want to touch on something that you, you hit on there, which is a, a really important starting point, which, which Tim and I address in, in Grace at Work, which is this, this notion of, we talk about a lot of people are unfulfilled at work and they're struggling at work. And it's, 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 it's largely because they're, they're trying to get something from it that, that God never designed it to give to them. But I love how you talked about, you start your day with, hey, what good can I do? And you end the day with what mm -hmm. good have I done? And what you're basically saying there is, have I served the people around me? Right. right? Have, I, have I brought something? And, and at the end of the day, have I, have I just checked to say, did I bring something that bettered the people around me? Was I a servant to the people in my midst? And I, I, I love that that just philosophical mindset of how you approach work. I mean, is that a fair characterization of how you how you approach your work? Yeah. And, and my work is my life. It's my purpose. It, it's taken yeah. me 20 years of, you know, opening gyms and being one of the first CrossFits and doing the digital of really understanding that this is my, like I had to experience fatherlessness in my life and in my childhood in order to become the father of the future that I so wanted. And, and I have my own little mantra. It's a daily reminder. It's my I am statement. It's something we do in our program is get men to understand their greatness, their superpowers. And so it's something I can live by. And it's I am the man, husband, father, leader, and coach I always wanted in my own life. Hmm. And so that's just the reminder that if I'm tired or if I have an attitude or if I'm hangry, <laughs> would I be showing up the way that I wanted someone to show up for me? <laughs> and I'm not always perfect. I make mistakes. No. You know, if my daughter was in the room, she'd say, dad's great, but he can become Shrek sometimes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm but, not but, perfect, but I give myself grace in those moments of, of imperfection. But, you know, you're, you're actually dovetailing off of, you know, G Jesus said, it's amazing how he, in, in one statement, he gave us the guidelines for how to operate in basically any situation with another person. He says, do unto others as you'd have them do to you. And, and that's kind of, you were, you were kind of paraphrasing that and, and, and all. And, and 
one of the things we are the grace at work is basically i could summarize it in one sentence it's treating the people you work with the way god treats you mm-hmm. and see god is dealing with us in grace now in the process of doing that what does that look like because the fact is people can be nasty mm-hmm. and you know, or lazy or frustrating, or they bring their junk and they pour it out on us, or they, they make us the sum total of, of what they think is everything wrong in life when we're just trying to do a job next to them or with them or for them. And, and, and it would be so easy to, re, to react in kind. Hmm. And, and by the way, when you have a backstory where, let's say, fatherlessness, because I think uh, I, this is my little thing. I, I I think we'd all be crazy not to think that the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. Mm-hmm. Mom, you know, that's who the guy wants to say hello to when he uh, recovers a fumble and runs it in, you know. Uh, he says, hi, Mom. But but I believe the, the man that guards that cradle and provides and protects that cradle defines the world. Mm. And I think men... And that's not to downplay the role of mom at all. It's just it's to upplay the significant impact that a man can have. So when you are recovering out of a childhood where that was voided for you, and probably more than you more than you realize, Luke, God came to your rescue. <laughs> he said, "I'll be a father to the fatherless," and somewhere along the line, you found him, and he found you. And now he's redefining you into this father of the future mm-hmm. that um, can bring so much more to it than you could have ever done. And, and, and we ultimately realize that we can't do this on our own. You know, we, we have, we're humans. But, you know, when, when, I, when I run to the end of it all, God can step in and say, but, but I can do it with, for you mm-hmm. and with you. And he does. Yeah. Grace-Based Families, we're all about helping people bring God's grace to the forefront of all areas of their lives, and this includes our lives at work. Whether you work from home, work in an office, or are running your own business, how we treat the people we work with can define the culture around us and make or break how we experience our lives at work. Our ministry is excited to be launching a great new resource called Grace at Work, a book by Tim Kimmel and Michael Tooker. Find out more about the book at graceatworkbook.com. Now back to the Grace Based Families podcast. Yeah. And that so, idea about God being your father is it's amazing. Uh, in, in, in my uh, recent re-relationship, if you will, uh, my church family, uh, Gateway Church here in Scottsdale, Arizona, there was a sermon where I was reminded for the first time in my life that God has always been my father. Yep. And it, it was such a emotional service that my wife didn't know why I was bawling the way that I was. <laughs> yeah. But unfortunately, I didn't get that memo or message earlier. I got it yeah. later. And again, it that's the grace that I have. With my experience in my teen years to get through that. But if every young man growing up without a dad could be told that and then sort of taught that, man, we could we could change some legacies. Big time, big time. Yeah. Can I throw throw another question at you though? You're, you're an entrepreneur, but uh, but a business leader, deeply involved in the front lines 
of your business and your work with a lot of people. Now, Luke, what are some of the challenges you face in your current work climate? What are you finding that that is uh, some of the the pushbacks and 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 uh, traps that are out there, or the, the relational stuff that you're finding? Well. I work with men. Uh, it doesn't mean I don't work with businesses and companies where there are female employees or even mm -hmm. executives, but the majority of my work comes with teaching men because uh, it, it's a very masculine training program. And again, it's not just all you know physical fitness, blood, sweat, and tears, but there's a certain sense of masculinity that I also believe is not being taught or trained into some of our younger men. I agree. Uh, and so being able to teach them what I what I'm facing is what most of us are all facing. There there are temptations that didn't exist 25 or 50 or 100 years ago. Mm -hmm. You know, I have two teenagers now, two kids in high school. And so they're facing challenges and problems that that we never faced just 25 years ago. And so really it's, you know, having this agreement or understanding that I don't know what they're going through, mm -hmm. right? So so I have to have empathy yes. for them, which is the key word I really put into my notes for grace. Mm -hmm. I, I might use empathy more because grace for a lot of people, it's harder than understanding empathy or what somebody else is going through. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, but that's the biggest challenge that I see with the men that I lead and the challenges that I see, right? Is it, am I doing enough? Am I sufficient enough? Am I good enough? And then we start to play the comparison game, which right. the addition of social media and, you know, things the way that they are, people tend to fall into that trap. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it truly is a trap more than anything. Right. Well, and it seems like when, once they fall into that trap, right, what then happens is they, they kind of retreat into typically passivity or complacency or they just right. uh, whatever role they play, whether it's at work or in their marriage or at home, they just they just drift off into irrelevance almost. So I, I love I mean, how in your your work, you're, you're bringing those guys off the sideline and getting them back, you know, plugged in and engaged. And, you know, we talk about a definition of, of grace being, you know, that unmerited favor. And that's really that level of empathy. Right. As, as mm -hmm. I understand your situation. And so I'm, I'm going to maybe give you something that you don't deserve because maybe you've done damage or maybe you've wronged me or maybe you've whatever, but I'm going to have empathy for, for not necessarily excusing it, but understanding it. And even in that, then I'm going to, I'm going to try to still find you as usable. That's like God does, right? He, he, he meets us where we are and we're just filthy rags and we're sinful people, but yet God still finds us to be usable. And so I love that that's, seems like that's a real, a real key to your, your work there is, is taking guys, get them off the sideline let them know that they're usable and then plug them in um, and, and, and get, get them back on the field. Yeah. One of the memos that I use is, is using your pain for purpose. Mm -hmm. And, and so, you know, we can really tap into that with the idea and concept around Jesus and the ultimate sacrifice and the pain that he endured. You know, we have a workout that we call intentional suffering for that reason is most of us have gotten really comfortable in life, whether it be physical or mental or emotional or even spiritual. And because of that, we stay as far away from it as possible. So I want men to lean in to this understanding that what they faced, what they dealt with, you know, the, the brokenness that they've gone through. Yeah, they don't need to do it alone and they can't keep it in. They've got to get it out. Right. They've got to be able to share it and express it and know that it's OK, because for a lot of these men, you know, it, it, they didn't have a choice. Right. right. 
something happened to them. There was some trauma, right? right? There was some trauma that happened to me young without a dad that I would have wanted that man to rescue me. And then there was trauma later in my life with losing my mom and not having this person who literally was the only person that I had for a long time. And so we talk jokingly about age at 40 and 72, but at 40 years old, you start to realize, man, I've carried so much weight that I don't need anymore. And I need to let go of that. Then how do I do that? And so that's really what we've done is start to show, like, it's okay to talk about some hard things. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, we talk about that in Grace at Work, this, this notion of, um, you know, we kind of unpack a lot of the different dimensions of God's grace. And one of them is, if we're going to be um, dispensers of grace, let's say, we have to grant people freedoms that their hearts long for. And one of those freedoms is the freedom to be vulnerable. And as men, you know, culture has kind of wrung that out of us to say, no, you can't be vulnerable. You have to be strong and emotionless. So I love mm-hmm. the fact that, you know, that's part because that's really what we believe in. We talk about in Grace at Work is, if you can bring that and, and create an environment and an atmosphere where people have that freedom to be vulnerable, as well as some other freedoms we unpack, it really sets the stage to elevate everyone mm-hmm. in that culture um, as opposed you to know, keeping them hostage. Yeah. On that same subject, another thing we talk about is giving them – one of the things grace does is gives us God, – God's grace gives us the freedom to be imperfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And 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 be, because right now I think we've we've I'm broad brushing here. I, I realize that there are obviously exceptions, but I think we've raised a fairly fragile. Whoops, my my phone's going off. I think we we've raised a fairly fragile generation of of people out there, and 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 they they're not real resilient. And I'm sorry, they're not real resilient. And 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 in this fragileness, but but we need a resiliency. Well, I think grace comes to our rescue there, mm-hmm. uh, be, because uh, too often the, the, I think we've raised up a generation that does so much of their thinking with their emotions, mm-hmm. and although emotions play a great part, it, it they don't know how to think. They only know how to feel, yeah. mm-hmm. and yeah. and they're free agents. They can feel any way they want, and so they many times let us down. And so how do we balance between still being caring and empathetic and understanding, and at the same time stay on target and on point for what we're called to do. Yeah. Hey, Luke, I know we're, we're kind of reaching, you know, close to the, the end of our time here. Maybe one final question for you is, is if you could offer advice to yourself five years ago in your work life, what would it be? What would you tell ba- yourself? Based on what you've learned since then. <laughs> yeah. 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 So let me give you a very micro story that goes behind it. I, I've, I've been in the fitness industry since I was 19, dropped out of college to start running and operating personal training gyms, was one of the first to market in the CrossFit world. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, being in brick and mortar versus being digital and mobile, I would say is the biggest change that we were a little ahead of the curve. You know, we kind of moved in that direction in 2016. And, and so I believe the greatest thing I would have told myself or would tell somebody else that they're going through is if you're not 100% all in, on board, and happy with where you are, make the changes, make the shifts. If they can't happen, then it's time to go and it's time to do yeah. something else. Yeah. That calling, if it's so great, is yeah. pulling you in a different direction. You got to follow it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that's that's great advice. And, and we talk about, if you think about the punchline of, of, the, of the grace at work, it's really that is to say, look, if you're, if you're frustrated in your work, if you're struggling in your work, if you have a sense of a lack of purpose, 
then, then repattern what you're doing at work. How are you thinking about work? How are you approaching your work? And kind of like you had said early on, it's, it's about if you, if you go into work with this idea of I'm going to serve others, I'm going to make life better for the people around me. Um, if you make that your purpose, as opposed to, to fulfilling your own wants and, and desires, ultimately you get more out of work and you probably get some of those trappings of the world that you're, that you're interested in. But at the end of the day, you, you really find more fulfillment and, and purpose in your work. And so, yeah, um, you know, I, I think too often we look at work at what, what is it that, um, you know, we look at for it to fulfill certain things in our life and maybe God, and God comes in and said, what if that was never my plan for you in work, but more for you to come to work and fulfill those and other people <laughs> uh, and represent, you know, Jesus doubled down. He gave us this great commandment, uh, love, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, love your neighbor as yourself. But just before he went to the crucifixion, spending his time with his disciples, and he's making this generic, uh, uh, fine tuning of that just before he left. He says, here's how I want you to love people. I want you to love them the way I've loved you. Mm -hmm. And then when you realize wait a minute, who he's talking to? I mean, these were, we call them the 12 disciples. They could have easily been called the 12 yahoos. Mm -hmm. And they, 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 were, they were some misfits there. There were some, there, there were some rough edged people. And yet he, in spite of some of the goofy things they did to him and about whatever, he continued to do that. So we get to come to work that fitness gym and you bring all these people come and, and you know, you see them all coming with all shapes and sizes and, and issues and all. How do I bring the best out of that person by the way I treat them? And uh, that's, that's something that I think uh, I can only go so far as Tim Kimmel. You can only go so far, you know, as Luke before you run it. But, but God says, if you'll team with me, there's no end to what we can do. And and God is for that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, uh, I am Tim Kimmel, and Michael Tooker's here with us, and uh, and Luke Kayam. Uh, Luke, fathers of the future, we, we need them. Yes, we desperately need them. Yes, you can check out fathersofthefuture.com. Uh, I'm local here in Scottsdale, but we have people that come in from all over the world for these experiences, these challenges, these events. Our, our next one is being held here October 28th and 29th, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, it's an amazing experience. It's really hard to read or even practice something like this. Uh, I've learned some of the most important and valuable lessons in my life from immersive experiences. Yeah. And so that's what we provide is a 24-hour step away out of the matrix in order to really truly feel and be alive. And just in that short time, these guys walk away with a ton of tools that they can use for the rest of their life. Yeah. Well, well, that's, that's great. Awesome. The, world, the world needs strong men, so thank you for we raising do. them up. Yep. Thank you both we, for having me. And listen, listen to our, you know, we love our listeners. We care. And I'm speaking on behalf of Karis and Michelle, who are normally sitting in this position, uh, you know, we care about you. We care about your family. We care about the role you're, you you want to play at work. And just know that, uh, you, you know, we, we you can connect with us here at families at gracebasedfamilies.com. And listen, we want to pray for you. You have issues that you need prayer? We'd love to do that for you. It would be our honor. And so, Luke, thank you for being part of our conversation today. And everybody else, thank you for listening. God bless you all. Thank you for listening to the Grace-Based Families Podcast. 
This is part of Grace-Based Families Ministry. For more resources, check us out on gracebasedfamilies.com slash podcast or stream us on all major podcasting platforms. Once again, this is Karis and Michelle. Until next time.